You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome to episode 44 of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and remote workers, and the only podcast of its kind. Before we jump into this week's episode, we want to thank the Good Men Project for sponsoring Sick Biz Buzz and joining us in exploding our awareness to help out more of our favorite people. Can I ask a favor? Can you head over to iTunes and leave a review for our little podcast that can? That would be so awesome. And please share and spread the message of our mission so more people will find the support and resources they need to work long-term on their own. My guest today is a returning fireball, and he is one of my fave people on the planet. As his editor for the past two plus years, I have been privileged enough to learn through him by his unreal business and soul modeling. Ryan Stuman has become more than a client. He is a close friend and my family. His stratospheric rise comes after years of relentless doing the work. Every time he opens his mouth, an epiphany comes rolling out. A best-selling author, multiple times over, contributor to some of the largest media sites in the world, a natural-born badass, podcaster, a natural-born badass, podcaster of two top podcasts, The Hardcore Closer and Get Your Mind Right, and the founder of eight companies at last count. Please welcome my co-host for the day, the one and only Ryan Stuman, The Hardcore Closer. Let's catch up from the last time you were on, because that was back in November of last year, and you've had some major changes in your life. Was it that long ago? I didn't even know you've been doing this thing that long. Damn, time flies. Well, I just follow your advice. I just do what you do. I'm like, I am the female Ryan, and I just do what you do. Like, why the fuck wouldn't I? Why would I not look at you? Right. I just go to work every day. I see the text messages that you send me where you're like doing things you've never done in your life before, you know, and uh, so it's obviously working for you too. Yes. Amazing that when people will just fucking listen to me and they'll be like, you know what, if I actually don't bitch and I just do what the fuck he says and you know what, you look up and a few months later and you're like, oh shit, this is really starting to catch some traction. The problem is a lot of people think, oh, I'll just do what he says once and then it doesn't fucking work for them and they're like, oh, this is bullshit. And we don't get a lot of people that do that, but it has been proven time and time again. If you will just follow my advice and do this shit for 90, it's kind of like if you want to lose weight, if you just eat salad for 90 days, you'll have a six pack. You know what you do after that 90 days is your own damn business. But you know, if you eat a salad once, you ain't going to get a six pack. No, that's exactly right. And you know what? I get people coming to me all the time. They're like, okay, I want immediate media exposure. Okay. What have you done to build your brand? Well, I was thinking about, no, 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 not what are you thinking about? What have you actually done? Because you and I both know you're going to get to the top because you're going to beat the odds when you just keep going because you're going to outlast everybody. Everybody else gets tired. It's like being in the race. You know, it's like the marathon where you look at the starters and they start out really fast and they're like, oh, damn, we got to watch out for that guy. But he poops out like you know, two thirds of the way through, you got to be a pacer, right? That's it. You, or you just got to be a, like, that's the thing about me though. I feel like you could drop me off in the middle of the desert with, with like no skills, no resources, no nothing. And I'm going to still outwork any animal or anything on that desert Island. And there ain't shit you can do about it. Right. And I, and I have that confidence because of a, I've done it before, but I know that most animals, whether they be humans or whatever, ain't willing to do whatever it takes. They're not willing to do They Like you said, they give up after a while. That's why I said this on my podcast that, that Robert and I recorded for the hardcore podcast this morning is, you know, I work my body out hard because I know that if I can remove limitations on my body, then I can remove limitations in my mind. Right. So like your confidence goes up, the stronger you get. And so like I work my body out hard because I know that if I've got massive endurance in the gym, like my guy had me do like 80 pull-ups, 120, uh, 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 like, uh, shit, I don't know. No, dude, it was just something, something fucked up. And then, you know, uh, 180 
lunges and then I had to run the sled 20 times to 10 yards. So it's 200 yards running a sled. So like, and that was just this morning, right? Within an hour. I mean, it was, it was insane, but I know pushing myself that much there uh, also, because everything, the natural or supernatural correlation, it also allows me to push the boundaries of work here. So while the next guy at six o'clock in the afternoon rolls around, he's like, dude, I'm tired. I got to go home. I'm like, you know what? This is just like the gym. If I just push myself to go another 20 yards, then, or do another 10 pull-ups or do another 10, you know, uh, chest press. That wasn't chest press. What the hell was I doing? I done shoulder press. And, you know, so like, I, then I know that I can do what they won't do. I'm willing to do the work that nobody else will. And I know if I push my body in the gym that hard, then it ain't shit to sit behind a computer and push your mind a little bit further. No, and it follows too. So I can't push my body as hard and you know but, that. But you do push your body but- because when I met you, you were a mangled fucking mess of excuses and everything else. <laughs> And, and now you're not, you know what I mean? So you have like, when the last time, when I first met you, you walked across an entire airport all by yourself, which is some shit that had scared the hell out of you for a long time. So you like, you're me pushing my body and and having a healthy body is different than you pushing your body and being in the condition that you're in, but you're still fucking pushing it. There's plenty of people that are in the condition you're in that say, I fucking, I ain't getting out of bed. Yeah, that's exactly right. Or I'm going to use this wheelchair and I do use a chair sometimes. You know, I need to use it mostly when I when I go to the airport, but I had been pushed around all day and I was like, all right, I'm going to see if I can just walk. And I think we just have to keep exploring limitations. You know, it's like having a toddler and you know this. They're always exploring those limitations. What can I do now? Can I do this now? Can I touch the stove now? Can I run now? Can I, you know, if we get so sedentary and we get so complacent about, well, this is the only thing I can do. This is the only thing I know. So I don't really know if I can do much more, but every once in a while, don't you think we just have to ask ourselves, what more can we do today? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 1% every day is 365% improvement at the end of the year. Is it not? It absolutely. And you know what? That 1% is so awesome because it is so doable. When you talk to people about that and you say, okay, you're here now, where are you going to be in a year? And they go, oh, I can't think about that. I can't think about that. It's too much. It's too hard. I can't make that commitment, but you can commit to 1% every day. That's it. For, it's a four, I think they said it 1% every day is 14 minutes. If I remember correctly, I believe I can do the math real quick, but I believe 1%. So if you do something uh, harder every day for just 1% of the day, it yeah. is 14 minutes. So let's say 24 times 60 is whoops. 24 times 60 is 14. Yeah. So 1% is 14 minutes every day. And that's nothing. That is nothing. You know, that, shit. most people take a shit for 14 minutes every day. You know, wait a minute. No, no, no. Men take a shit for 14 <laughs> minutes. We just Women, looking for privacy in there. We're not even using the bathroom the whole time. I know. I know. You know. <laughs> Have you seen I, this is 40? The movie, this is Yes, I have. He's like, I need some privacy. (laughs) He says, don't use that word. I'm not (laughs) sure I want to use that word yet. (laughs) I can hear my husband in there and I can hear him laughing and listening to videos. And I'm like, how does this relate to what the bathroom is for? Women who are listening to this absolutely get that. We're like, we get in there, we get our business done, man. We don't... (laughs) That's well, I read something the other day. It's like when a woman's in the bathroom for a long time, you have no idea what she's doing. When a man's in the bathroom for a long time, you know exactly what he's doing. Yes, he you know what he's doing? You just leave him alone and let him do his thing. And then. <laughs> so oh, man. let's talk about. We how went you- there. We like, I ruined your whole podcast. You're like, yeah. well, now we've been reduced to toilet humor. Thanks a lot, student. <laughs> no. You know what, though? I think toilet humor is hysterical. I'm sorry. I maybe <laughs> isn't that terrible? Like my I boys in my house. I have a one year old, a five year old, and a six year old. We think shit jokes are hilarious. You know what I mean? That's like that's what we yeah. do. You know? Yes, and and I'm sure the majority of your conversation is around farts. Because, <laughs> yes. But, yes. So I, I walk in the house every morning and from the gym because I leave the gym about uh, six o'clock. And when I get back in, uh, either Asher or Jackson, depending on who's there, is usually awake. And as soon as I open, so like you come in from the garage, there's like the mud room. And as soon as I open the door to the mud room, they're always sitting there mooning me. 
They think that's the funniest thing ever. They pull their pants down, bare ass, and as soon as I walk in, it's like, ah, shit, toddler ass, right? Like, and it, it's it's like the funniest thing ever, man. You know, it's like, have you ever seen that movie Waiting? It's like an episode of Waiting that just never ends at my house. They think I don't even know why they. I've never mooned them in my life. I don't even know how that started, but it, it's hilarious. So. So what is Amy teaching them? She's like, all right, boys, line up. Your dad's about to come home. Now you're going to line up right when he walks in. <laughs> no, they're my blood and DNA. So they're just naturally jokesters like that, right? Oh, and they're like, what's the God. worst thing we can do to that? Oh, we can just like, we can just spread cheeks and show him our ass when he walks in in the morning. It'll be hilarious. So. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. I have two boys too. So I remember it was like, man, you got to just, you got to roll with the punches. You know, you really do, but it's the best thing. It really is. So let's, so let's try and focus. Let's try and focus. <laughs> what have you been up to? Many, many things have changed since last November. Yeah. Well, you know what? The one thing that I've discovered since last November is even though I'm sober now, I'm still funny as hell. And uh, I was worried that I was going to lose that superpower. It's like, man, if I quit smoking weed all the time, I'm going to lose this hilarity superpower that I have. Turns out, nope, that's some natural shit that I got higher than <laughs> you know? So, uh, so I, I have, I've been sober for almost six months now and, uh, been, you know, I had a, 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 a I wouldn't say like a, uh, a crippling marijuana problem, but it was definitely clouding my judgment. And, uh, and, 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 you know, I always thought of myself as a functioning pothead, but it was attracting the wrong kind of people definitely clouded my judgment. And it would make me, uh, not, not be concerned about some things I should be concerned about. It's like, you know, I might need to fire somebody and I'd be like, ah, oh, but they're such a nice person. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like and, and just a little bit, you know, for, after doing that for 23 years every day, cause I mean, I know that's hard for some people to fathom, but that, and, you know, some days, that would be 10, 15 times a day that I would do that. And, you know, so it had just become this huge habit, no different than smoking cigarettes or an alcoholic or whatever. And I made that big change and, and we cleaned house over here in my, my business. Cause I realized a lot of people were taking advantage of me for lack of a better phrase and, and not doing their job and relying on, you know, me forgiving them time and time again. And, and, you know, we've, we've, definitely cleaned up our operation here. I've got less people working for me and our profits and our sales are up and our profits are bigger. Like our margins, our net profit is uh, a lot bigger. So that's a lot going on. We've, you know, uh, changed our game plan with how we do live events. And uh, recently we've launched a software called Phone Sites that is not a competitor for like ClickFunnels or lead pages because those things are way uh, more advanced and way needed in the marketplace. But the average person can't learn those programs in a short period of time and it takes months to figure it out and, and you got to have you know hire things out so we created phone sites for like the average person who wants to put together a quick landing page and i mean we've got a guy that's already made a half a million dollars from his phone sites funnel in the last 45 days we've got uh or d d made a uh, half a million dollars in sales he's in the roofing industry we got another guy who's in the car business who's generated almost 700 leads in the last uh four and a half weeks from his funnel that he's running uh, I made $2,000 myself last night from a phone site that I, I made in, in 11 minutes. So this is a, a brand new software. It's my first time to do any affiliate stuff like that. So it's uncharted territory for me. But I'll be honest, Hill Dog, you know, I, I, I have this insecurity where uh, I was a businessman in the banking world. And a lot of people don't even know that about me. But I was a businessman in the banking world. And I did really well there, made uh, you know almost a million dollars a year doing that. And made millions of dollars through the, the the eight to ten years. I think somewhere between eight and ten years that I was in that industry. And then I got into social media management. I built up a nice social media management firm, and I realized I didn't like managing people or managing people's shit. And so I started coaching folks, which is a lot more fun to me. But then you know people started saying things like, "Oh, well, you know, he's not in mortgages anymore, and he's not doing the social media." Never mind that I whipped everybody's ass in both of those industries, you know. But but in a short period of time in the social media management world. And within six months, I had 70 clients paying me uh, to manage their social media. And, and by the way, this is back before the Gary V phenomena, before Ty Lopez. This was in 2011 when people would say things like, well, you can't get business from Facebook. I'm not going to let you manage. Why would I even give you my login? I don't get on there except for to talk to my cousin that I used to have sex with. You know what I mean? Like rednecks just didn't down here in the South didn't get that stuff. And so, you know, 
uh, it was just a different time. Nowadays, people would kill for me to run their social media, you know, and, and, and oh, yeah. the two or three people that I do it for pay me a ass ton of money uh, to do it five figures a, a month to run theirs. And so I know and no, I'm not taking on new clients and that I, I'm full. But but, you know, I always had this like insecurity. People would say, you know, and people are just dicks on the Internet, but they would say things like, you know, oh, he's now coaching because he couldn't do this, that, and the other. And it wasn't that. It's like I'm one of the few people that coach from experience. You know, I'm one of the few people that did the stuff that I teach. I'm not like, hey, I know a guy who went to a seminar who knew another guy who was in the seminar, and this is what he does. Let me show you how to do it. It's like, here's how I did this. That's always been my coaching and consulting approach. Like, here's how I built a business. Here's how I built a mortgage. Here's how I built a real estate firm. Here's how we build sales funnels that have done $10 million at this point. And, and so, you know, nowadays people know that I'm not just some dumbass coach. Obviously I, I have celebrities and high profile people and multimillionaires that hire me uh, to consult them, but I wanted to build a software company that I'd be able to say, Hey, you know what? I built another company, you fucks from scratch to something and, and sold it off, you know? And so, uh, it's just like a, a, I needed to help the marketplace, but B, I also wanted something where they say, no, he actually owns this company. That's a software company that, you know, we have 17, we've only been uh, around for about 50 days at this point. We have 1700 clients. So we, we ain't no, you know, I mean, we're on the fucking move. We're coming up. So, uh, oh you know, if, if things keep going accordingly, I should have 10,000 people by the end of the year. And, uh, that puts me on the map, you know, Oh, on the map again. Like exactly. again, you're on the map. You're re-famous again. I think it's like <laughs> I don't want to be famous. You know, that's the thing about me. I, I listened to Gary V this morning. He was doing a, an interview, and uh, I, I listened to like uh, these compilation videos on YouTube, where one minute it might be David Goggins talking, and the next minute it might be Tony Robbins, and then they occasionally, and then like might be ET or, or Grant Cardone. But this, the, and I'm not the biggest Gary Vaynerchuk uh, fan. I, I might be the smallest one. And, and what, what he was saying though, this morning, he's like, people tell me all the time, like, Hey, I'm going to be bigger than you and I'm going to beat you. And, and it made me realize that most people just want to have followers, right? They just want to be famous. Yeah. I want to be more famous than you. I want to have more followers than you. I can give a shit who follows me. I want clients and I want to, and I want to have a good life and I want to give back and help people that need help. And You're giving massively. Yeah, to me, it's not about, you know, it's not about how many people follow me. I've had the same 175,000 people on my Hardcore Closer page for three years. We've been, you know, with within three years, we haven't added 10,000 new people to it. And it's because we're like, I don't have 175,000 fans. So we're remarketing to those people, dude, and we're having the best years of our life without having to go after a huge following. We're contributing and selling to the following that we already have. And I think a lot of people get caught up like, I I I uh I ha hired a guy not too long ago, about eight months ago, to help me grow my Instagram page. I'm like, yeah, we get you real followers. We do this and that. Pay him thousands of dollars. And some of bitch gave me a bunch of fake followers. I, I told him from the beginning, I don't want to be. I had thirty thousand real followers. Now I got ninety five thousand fake motherfuckers. And I'm telling like, I don't want to be famous. I don't care. Like yeah. I want real real people to know who I am that might actually like me. It doesn't even do me good if real people know who I am and they don't like me. I want real people that might actually get something from this. If not, I don't care what I look like. I don't care if I have a million fans, if they're all fake or from some country that can't afford my shit, then it doesn't matter. You know, I don't care how many likes I get on a, a photo, but a lot of people do, you know, and dude, I'm trying to find a way now to get rid of all those followers. I don't know. Maybe I should make a Trump post on my Instagram. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure, but. Well, I think part of it is that for you personally, I mean, there are some people that are just natural. You, you're very gregarious and you're like a magnet because you see, you put yourself out there and people are like, oh my God, this man has no fears. And here he goes. And this is amazing. And so you're going to attract people. So when I look at you I and what I know about you, I'm like, you are always going to have people that gravitate towards you. It's just a matter of deciding what is my life going to be like? Who am I going to answer to? What does that mean to me? Like a, a million years ago, I went to Hollywood and I auditioned um, for a new sitcom and I bombed it. I played it way too Midwestern and uh, it was disgusting and, I, and I'm horribly embarrassed, but whatever. And I thought I wanted to be famous. 
I thought I wanted to be famous. I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. No, you know what? I, I want to help people just like you want to help people. And I know that the universe is going to be like, hey, yeah, you know what? You can help people and hey, make money at the same time because we want to take care of you. You know, the universe wants to take care of you. I couldn't be a Kardashian. I'd be so annoyed all day long. Please get out of my face. Please get out of my face. I'm just here to buy cheese. Please leave me alone. You know, and I think you would be the same way. I think you would just be like, could I just have dinner at the local Denny's? If that's where, <laughs> if that's where you go, you know, I don't think you go there, but hey, maybe the kids want to go, whatever. I used to take my kids to restaurants and I'd be like, okay, we're practicing our, our outside manners now. So we have to, this is what we're going to do. We're going to learn about forks and napkins today. So maybe you do that. But my whole point is that you should be able to do whatever the hell you want to do. Go to the pharmacy, you know, go, go to in and out or Whataburger. You guys have this big debate going on in Texas right now. So what, you know, what's your choice? Uh, you know, honestly, I like In-N-Out's burgers better, but I like Whataburger's fries and their spicy ketchup better. And you know what? Luckily for me, they're right next to each other. So I just send my assistant over and I'm like, okay, give them some Whataburger fries, the spicy ketchup, and then a double-double over. And they, they literally are back-to-back -back next to each other across the street from our office. So uh, so I'm hybrid. I like In-N-Out's burgers better for sure, but their fries are shit. They really are. <laughs> You're a hybrid. I yeah. love that. What a terrible location for you. Seriously. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, uh, well, I do that. You know, that's why I work out so damn hard in the morning, you know, but yeah, but to, to the famous stuff. So back in 2014, that's how I met my wife, Amy. Uh, there was this company and they're like, we want to put you on a TV show. And I was working with Frederick Eklund and Josh flag and, and Luis Ortiz and a few other people that are on TV. And I was behind the scenes and, and I helped them build up some of their following. And, and then they were like, you know, uh, they kind of went diva on me and, and we're like, oh, no, you know, I built this because I'm on TV. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's because we ran ads, but whatever. Right. And so uh, and, and that, that's, you know, an, another debate for another time. Right. They would say one thing and I would say the truth is what, what I would, you know, convey. But um, and so, you know, I, I, I this company after I, I parted ways with those guys. And our program was up. This company says, we want to, dude, you're awesome. We want to build a reality show around you. And my business partner at the time, he was all about, he'd rather be popular than paid. I'd rather be paid than popular. Mm -hmm. And my business partner at the time was like, let's go do it. Let's go to Arizona and let's film this show. And it was like me. And I took Garrett J. White with me and Brian Horn with me. And, and then the business partner too. And I got there and I realized that like, dude, I'm not going to do this fake shit. You know, like this is for mm -hmm. actors. I'm real, not fake. I can't act. You know, I can't even act like I like you if I don't like you. You know, like, <laughs> I just keep it real. I'm like, man, fuck off. I don't like you. And, and that's just, that's just me. Right. And so what happened was I realized I didn't want nothing to do with it. Luckily for me, I ended up meeting some Russian mobsters and we had a great time partying for the next two weeks. So I kind of blew off the, uh, <laughs> I blew off the, uh, the recording and went partying with my, my type of people are gangsters, right? I went and, and partied with the gangsters and had a great, better time. And, and that TV show didn't make it to freaking TV anyway. And, uh, I guarantee I, I experienced a great time that uh, all those people were there trying to be all serious to get on TV. Meanwhile, I'm over here. It's like, would you like another joint? Yes, I would. Thank you, please. Right, so, uh, I love yeah. that. I yeah. love that because that is, and there are so many people right now who are competing with each other and they don't even know why. And they don't even know the story behind it. They just go, you know, where they are right now today, I want that. And I'm not there, so I suck. And it's like, no, your, your journey has nothing to do with anybody else. But it's like this, uh, kind of entrepreneurship cannibalizing that's going on right now don't you think yeah yeah there yeah, everybody copies it you know there's two types of, let me say this there's two types of people and it's a very hard it's very hard to make the distinction hill there's two types of people like me and andy frisella and ed milet and grant cardone and tony robbins we think and, and even gary vaynerchuk we think a lot of like ty lopez is another one we think a lot of like some of the profound experiences because we're talking from experience. So yeah. some of the experiences that we've had, we come to the same profound conclusion, right? Mm -hmm. And and a lot of us read the same books and a lot of us have gone through the same experience. 
But then you have other people who have no experience, but they're cannibalizing other people's experience to act like it's their own. Yes. And so you have you have both ends of the spectrum. You have the guys like us that have actually done it and say, well, this has been my experience. And then you, people might think that, you know, all five of these guys sound like the same thing. Well, it's because all five of us built our shit up from nothing. And yeah. all five of us worked our ass off and have the experience. Like I, like I said, I don't teach unless it's from experience. My wife and I were watching Power last night. And one of the guys is locked up in, in prison and there was, he was in there with a couple of dudes that had like 11 life sentences. And I was like, but he's in jail. They don't put life sentence dudes in jail. They're already in prison. And I was like, see, this is why I don't teach from anything but experience, right? It's like, these are things that I don't speak about unless I know for sure. And, you know, but that's, that's how, that's, that's how I am. You know, I speak from experience. Most people speak from somebody else's experience. Just like if you have a, a Stanford teacher this person's teaching you law, but they've probably never gone to handle a court case. And and really, court case is one thing. Going out prospecting and pulling in clients is another. We oh, have a lot. Yeah. I know a shit ton of real estate agents that don't sell shit for real estate agents. Don't sell shit for real estate, but they but for some reason they're a coach. And I'm like, yeah. what are you going to coach? How to fail? You know? But, <laughs> but but they're they're sharing something like you know. I one of the biggest real estate coaches out there has never been a real estate agent. And oh. I like the guy, but at the same time, he's, he's never been a real estate agent. So I don't know how the fuck he got the title of being the world's greatest, you know, the world's top real estate coach. And I'm sure what he teaches is awesome, but he's definitely not teaching it because he's gone on a listing appointment. Yeah. And it's so weird because I have thought about coaching. And so I do some coaching now, but I thought about it before and I thought, no, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified because I haven't, I haven't put the time in the trenches at the time, you know, hadn't put the time in the trenches. How can you feel comfortable teaching something that you don't know the absolute intricacies and the ins and outs and just say, Hey, you know what? You're going to think it's going okay. And this thing might come out and hit you in left field. And so be prepared for it. You cannot speak to those instances or those events. If you have not been in the fucking trenches so i just don't get it it's it's just a a mystery to me i think you should write an article about how to spot um a cannibalistic entrepreneur Done. already on there this shit's already on hardcorecloser.com i wrote that years ago well we're okay so we'll <clears throat> we'll make sure we link that we want to make sure yeah. we link that okay so now we're going to shift gears you ready we're going to just no, whoop, hold on we're gonna, here we go one, one more thing before we shift gears Okay. Is I want to say this, and I've said this in my Get Your Mind Right podcast. Everybody's good at something, and but everybody wants to teach something else because they think it's easier to teach something else because somebody else is doing it. Like, you know, everybody wants to make auto-tune rap right now. Before that, everybody wanted to be Dr. Dre. But why not be your fucking self? You know, yeah. why you like if you make five thousand dollars a month, teach people how to make five thousand dollars a month. Quit trying to teach people how to make $500,000 a month. You ain't never fucking done that before. Lead on the level that you're on. Like with you, for example, Hillary, you're a master at fucking content writing, editing, and fucking publishing, and all and books, and all this stuff. Like, teach that shit. Obviously, that's what you're coaching on. But I'm saying that shit that you've got the experience that you could teach. There is no way you should be teaching how to build funnels and market stuff, which I know you're not doing that. <laughs> but that's what the natural tendency is. They get really good at writing books, and they're like, I think I'll teach people how to build funnels. No, nah, motherfucker, teach people how to write books. And, it's, and, then, and, then, and then when you make $5,000 a month, hey, here's how to make $5,000 a month writing a book. And then when you get five or 10 clients, you're like, well, and they're paying you $2,000 a piece. So let's just say that now you're making $20,000. Hey, here's how to make $20,000 teaching people stuff. That's the process I went through. I was like, here's how I did 200 loans in a year. And then people started buying that. It's like, here's how I recruited a bunch of agents and made a million dollars in a year. Like I went through that process. I didn't just all of a sudden start saying, here's how you recruit a bunch of people, coach people, make a million dollars a year. I went through the experiences and that's the part that so many people fucking skip. And then they can't figure out why it's not working in life. Well, and they look for those immediate, that immediate gratification. Well, I did this. I did it for a month. I did it for even a year after a year. No, I still wasn't where I needed to be and neither were you. And yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not putting in all this time and learning and becoming the expert so that I can turn around and run a fucking plumbing business. Like that is just the craziest. That's the same, that's the same analogy. That is a good ass analogy. Yeah, absolutely. So there's no, there's just no way and it's okay. And I think people are like, but if I'm not teaching this, I'm not on the cutting edge and I'm not doing this and I'm not getting the popularity. 
you know what? You got to respect the money that you are bringing in at the level that you're on too. The second I was like, okay, I had major upper limits with money, major upper limits. I'd be like, um, you know, I had a business with my partner, Catherine, who we're now doing something else, but we had a business before it was going gangbusters. It was going fabulous. We were making about $20,000 a month. I panicked. So what did I do? I bought a bunch of furniture. Yep, absolutely. I bought a bunch of furniture. Um, I replaced all the rugs in the house. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, I got to get this. Dumb shit. Yeah, yeah, dumb yeah, absolutely. I was like, this, I have got to get down to the level that I'm used to having no money in my bank account. Come on, let's do this. This is the challenge. Here we go. And you know what? The thing is that people gravitate towards those upper limits again. Because then you get poor again and you're like, yeah, but I really don't like being poor. I'm comfortable, but I don't like it. So you're going to keep doing that. You're going to keep hitting your head. You're going to keep hitting your head on that bar and just do it over and over and over again until I listen to you and people need to know you're you're going to have a new version of your book out, Fuck Your Excuses, because I'm still editing that right now. Because as you have leveled up and you have improved, you've caused me to become an amazing editor versus where I was before. Where I was before, <laughs> I look at some of that shit and I'm like, oh, that's amusing. That's that's good stuff. Because because I want to say this, and I think we said this in our last one, is you were like total like snowflake mode when I met you. You were like pissed off at the world and the president and a bunch of other shit that didn't matter. And you were in like total mama bear mode and all this other stuff. And you know, I probably, if I'm, I, don't, get, don't forgive me if I get the story wrong, but I would imagine I was probably one of your only clients that was paying the money that I was paying. And yeah. you were like, well, I can't fuck this deal up. I got bills to pay. So I got to listen to this asshole. And then the more you started reading my shit and knowing me, you're like, man, he's got a fucking point. I hate to admit it. And then all of a sudden you're like, dude, I got to snap out of this shit because this, this is the real deal. This is where life is, is going. And then the next thing you know, it's like, boom, you did snap out of it. And now you have it, dude, like you are the go-to person for this yeah. shit. Do you, yeah. I mean, like, and, and I mean, I just like, while we've been on here, somebody said, hey, who's a good content writer? I sent your name to him. I send you people that probably don't, I send you people that probably don't even tell you that I sent them that you don't know about. And, and because they're just like, hey, I heard about you or whatever the case, but like, you're the go-to person. I see your name mentioned all the time. Because like you have like you you've you've sucked it up, you've broken through your upper limits both because you can't break through a mental upper limit without breaking through a physical one. So you broke through your physical upper limit, mm-hmm. you broke through your mental upper limit, and now you have this thriving business. And you know, I know I'm not gonna say how much, but the other day you were like, I got more money than I've ever had in my bank account before. Holy shit, this is whole new territory to me. I can't even believe that this is happening. You know, I just married the man of my dreams not too long ago, and we've got this great thing going. I'm pub- I saw you just published a book yesterday, another book yesterday. I know you've done it before, which I, I'm, I'm always laughing. I'm like, it's about time you did one for your fucking self. It's like 50 <laughs> books for other people, one book for Hillary, you know. And but, but the thing is, right, it's like I've watched you you go through that. And, and it, first of all, congratulations. It's, it's amazing. And second of all, you literally did just like buck up and say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to make this happen, you know, and you did. And uh, it wasn't easy. You know what I mean? There was plenty of times where you told me, you know, fuck it, I quit or blah, blah, blah. And, and But now, look, you know, you tell me all the time. You're like, you make my job easy only because you've made me a better writer, too. You know, yes. because I, I'm thinking, OK, so how can I make Hillary's job easy? Because I know she's busy now. And at the same time, you're like, oh, shit, he's getting better at writing, which is making my job easy, which is making it easier for. Because I remember the first few times when you like left, a, you missed a misspell. This is years ago, obviously, when you missed the misspell word or whatever. I'd be like, Hillary, man, you missed this shit. And you'd be like, God damn it. And you would get mad at me for correcting you for some shit you were supposed to do. We I don't even get have mad that at me. Now I don't even misspell shit and you don't misspell shit. And it's, it's working perfect. So, you know, we've, yeah. we've really helped each other out a lot. Well, we really have. And, th- and that is a testament to, to how coaching works both ways. Because as you coach me, I'm coaching you. And we have both taken the approach that we're in it for the long game. And that means commitment. And that means saying, I'm not, I'm not looking at this day and saying, okay, I'm having a shitty day or you're having a shitty day. And so that is going to predict the rest of how this is going to be. It's a commitment to we're not perfect, 
but damn it, we show up every day. And we lift each other up like fucking regularly. We're like, hey, it's time to lift each other up again. How's it going? You're awesome. Okay, carry on. I mean, it's just, <laughs> and that's, that's such a huge testament to coaches out there too. Um, I have people that say, you know, so-and-so came back and said my writing sucked and they, you know, redlined it all. And then they made fun of me. And that makes me irate. Absolutely. Yeah, but everybody does that. I, like one guy yesterday hits me up since he made $89,000 this month. A couple of years ago when he hired me, he was lucky to make 8900 And then the next the next guy might hit somebody else up and be like, don't fucking pay for stupid shit, man. It doesn't fucking work. He doesn't tell you how to do everything. It's like, no, I do tell you how to do everything. I just don't do it for you, you motherfucker. Right. But yeah. there's always going to be somebody like that. There's nothing. If you're trying to be everybody's cup of tea, you're going to end up needing tequila. Yes, you absolutely are. And what kind of shoes are you wearing? Are you wearing fucking sneakers? Or are you wearing slippers? Okay. Yep. So that is what that, you know, so that is what I wanted to tell you though, that, and as you got better, as you improved in your writing, because over and over and over and over again, and you paid attention, you paid attention to the edits, you paid attention to spelling. As you got better, I was like, oh, fuck. Pretty soon he's not going to need me. Because <laughs> you're, because you're sending in like this fabulous content and making my life very easy. So, but I'm so proud of you. You just kept at it. And I just want to say to any teacher who didn't believe in you, fuck you all the way to Texas and back. Just fuck <laughs> <up>. <laughs> well, Here's Here's what I know. I'll always need you because you save me time. You know, I don't have to spend the time second guessing myself yeah. and you upload the stuff to my blog for me and everything else. So I don't I, like, I will always need you because you save me time. I look at everybody I hire. Do they do two things? Do they make me money, which yeah. you don't particularly make me money, but you save me time mm -hmm. and time is money because I can go get more money in the time that you save me. That's see? exactly and, right. And so I yeah. look at it as I can spend 30 minutes writing this and then another 30 minutes trying to get the picture right and the image, right. And the caption and the headline and oh. all the, all those little details that you do and, and editing it, looking at it, reading it again and all that stuff and all those little details you do, or I can just knock the damn thing out, send it to you and trust that you got it under control. And, um, and you know what, that I would rather do that than, than, you know, some people are like, they, they say, Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy, but they're busy doing little shit. And I'm not going to yeah. get tired of doing the little shit when I have somebody like you who's good at little shit and they can fucking handle that stuff for me. I mean, it's really that simple. It's so true. And as my team is expanding this week, I brought on uh, another team member because we closed a we closed a great deal. So I brought on another team member. But I, that is the question that I've had to answer. Like, what is the best use of my time? Do I want to try and learn everything moderately well? So like it's passable. We can learn anything, right? And if somebody can come up and say like, "All right, great. Uh, I don't know. You want to learn how to build a house? Excellent." So if with the right training, you can marginally do it. You might be a fine house builder, but you're not going to be an expert. And so you have to outsource those things, like you've done, like I've done, because I just do whatever the fuck you say. When you're like, "This is what I'm going to do with my social media," I'm like, "Hey, everybody, this is what we're doing with my social media," because. <laughs> We have a whole new strategy in place. It's just crazy. Um, I want to play word association with you. I think this is going to be super fun. Let's do it. Are you ready? Yep, I'm always ready. All right, all right. The first word is fuckwad. Uh, I can name a few names, but I don't want to do that on your podcast. <laughs> uh, but to me, it's I, like, I prefer the word dipshit over fuckwad, even though they are synonymous. And, uh, but you know, it's like, it's somebody who is full of shit and doesn't have their shit together. And generally the full of shit doesn't have their shit together. Person is the person that's trying to tell other people how to get their shit together. Amen. Amen. All right. That's good religion right there. Okay. Your second word is funny. Uh, I think of myself because I am the funniest bastard I know in all reality. <laughs> And my wife and kids will attest to that too. They'll be like, "Who?" If you ask my kids who's the funniest person, you know, they'd be like, "Dad, that guy jokes for days." You know, could you like? We're just. I got you laughing this this whole time on this podcast because that's just how I am. I've had such a painful past that my answer for all that pain is the pleasure of laughing in all Amen. reality. 
That's exactly right. And I totally get that. It's so much easier to focus on humor than it is to it's like we've wasted enough time on painful shit. Let's just find the joy in everything. So like I'm a little bit older than you. So this is what you're going to appreciate when you get older. You will have no memory. And I'm and I'm talking like the short term memory will be gone. So and the same thing is happening with my husband. So it's hysterical because we'll be like, why? I just told you to do this thing, you know, or this is coming up. Remember? And they're like, no, I have no idea. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I didn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we spend time on that type of stuff. Like stuff that comes up, we're trying to do something for the house or whatever, and it falls apart. We spend way more time laughing now than we do getting frustrated and it is just it makes life such a joy it's just fabulous okay okay your third word excuse well you know our company mantra is fuck your excuses so Mm -hmm. i think an excuse is it, it really the word that would be synonymous with excuse is failure because that's the reason why people create excuses is for their failures And if you create excuses for other people, it's for their failures as well. Uh, This morning I was working out and my uh, asshole of a personal trainer, you know, I'm like, dude, man, I got to like, I got to take at least a 30 second break, man. Like I'm, my shoulders are killing me from that. And he like throws me my own fuck your excuses chip. And I'm like, (laughs) God damn it. And so I have no choice but to pick it back up because you know what? I, I was trying to fail. Right. I had to get through eight rounds in 25 minutes of this torturous bullshit that I was doing. And and, you know, he's like, looks me right in my eyes like, hey, man, you're going to live out your own mantra. Are you going to be one of those guys you're always bitching about? Fuck, I have to pick the weight back up. You have to. You have to. When it's your truth staring you back in the face, you absolutely have to pick that back up. Otherwise, you're just a poser. You can't be. That's that's integrity, though, because a lot of people would just be like, I just don't tell anybody. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. I'm like, you know what? I got to do it. I got I to I gotta do my work, you know? And that doesn't even occur to you. It doesn't even occur to, you, occur to you to do shady shit and then say, you know what? Just don't tell anybody. You don't live like that. You live out loud, in public, on social media, and in private in the same way. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm the same. When you meet me in person, you know, like, I'm the same. I'm the same. Everybody always says that. They're like, Holy, because I met people in person before and I'm like, you are nothing like you are on camera. And then when people meet me, they're like, dude, you're like, you're the exact same person I thought. And they really feel like they know me. They're not like, well, this is awkward. You know, who else is really like that is Billy Jean. And when you meet him, he's the same cat that he's coming here to my office in a couple hours. We're really good friends. And he's the same cat on camera that he is off camera. Like big, huge personality. Me and him be fucking laughing our asses off when we hang out. I love the guy to death. Right. But, but because he's a real person, he's the real, like Bradley's another person. You meet him in real life, same dude on camera and off camera at at all times. Right. Not everybody's that way though. You know? No, they're not. But when I met you in person, and maybe this is because it was a surprise that Lindsay and I had been hatching for weeks. But when I met you in person, I was like, I thought he was going to be so loud. I thought you were just going to be like, and you were just like this, this gentle person. Like you were just this kind person, very contemplative. That's how I would describe you. You're contemplative, but then like you're on, like when you're on your fire and then when you're like, you know, doing whatever we were doing on the way to the hotel and passing all the dispensaries. Do you remember that? And you were like, that was a difficult time for me because I had just quit smoking weed. So I was like, and I was in Colorado for the first time and I was like, my patients are about to be tested. Oh yeah. And we could smell it from the freeway in the car. (laughs) (laughs) That was crazy. I was like, this looks like Minnesota except for the dispensaries. Seriously, that's what Minnesota, it's crazy. Um, Okay, your next word is negativity. You know, negativity is something that is within all of us, uh, but we have a choice whether to pay attention to it or not. I know that uh, Cardone, for example, guy I look up to, he's got the no negativity signs all over his office. Cause you, and that's his, it, that's his polite way of saying, fuck your excuses, no negativity, right? Mm-hmm. And people are, and what's sad, is I can post in the group and say, me, Hillary, and Fabian, and Jeff, we all made 
a uh, hundred million dollars this month and we'll get you know 20 or 30 likes mm -hmm. we can post in there and we could say me hillary and fabian and jeff we have the worst month of our lives we don't know when it's going to end and we'd have a thousand likes and a million comments because mm -hmm. people are drawn to negative that's why cnn with their fake bullshit every day and fox news with their fake bullshit every day you never look on Fox and you're like, the president's doing awesome things. You never look on CNN and like, the president's doing awesome things because they know people don't give a shit about the awesome things. They give a shit about the negativity and it's it's sad and there's a reason for it. There's this amygdala in our brain, which is this fight or flight mechanism. And these days we're so safe, even though the news would have you be, believe otherwise, we're so safe that we don't have to fight or flight very often. So it's constantly looking for stimulation and, and fight or flight isn't something you do in a positive situation. Fight mm -hmm. or flight is when you're in some negative shit. And so, you know, it's constantly looking for that and it pays attention. It gets you like, quote unquote, triggered, but not triggered in the political sense, you know, because you're pissed off at this party or that party. But triggered, that's what it does is it triggers that amygdala in your brain and goes into this negativity mode. And, and most people are so focused on negative shit. I try not to focus on negative shit, Hill, because if I just focus on winning, I'm going to keep winning. There's been plenty yeah. of people come against me. There's been plenty of people try to stop me. There's been plenty of people say that I'm a fucking horrible human being and all this other shit, but I don't focus on their negativity. I just focus on winning, and a lot of those people ain't even around anymore. Oh, no. They they see themselves out. The trash takes itself out. Seriously. And, and, I, and I'm watching this. It's like a mass exodus that happens and I was tested last week with integrity and for a second I was like okay what if I did this thing what if I did this thing that really is making me sick to my stomach I can't fucking do it I can't do it you know and, and and so now this week I'm being rewarded for making the right decision when you make a decision and you have to ask yourself if you feel good about it that's not your decision you just absolutely run away from that decision. That's your gut screaming at you. And a lot of people have gotten out of touch with how their gut feels. They'll say, you know, well, if you're going to make this decision, how do you feel about it? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know how. Well, you have to figure out how you are going to feel about it. If you've lost your gut reaction, this is what I tell people too. You have not lost your gut reaction because you just go on it. And the more money that you make, the more that people are going to come to you and try and buy you. They're going to say, hey, you know what? I want you to do this and uh, you just have to sell your soul for it. Okay, uh, that's not for sale, first of all. But if you don't know what your gut is, this is what I have to do sometimes. When it comes to things like, because you know I had an eating disorder. So sometimes I have irrational... Uh, rationalization that goes on around food. So then I'll think like, I'm not sure what decision I have to make here because I kind of don't have, you know, a barometer. So I'll, I'll flip a coin. I'll flip a coin to get me in touch with my gut of what I know is going to be the good decision. And it's not because I'm going to go, okay, heads, it landed on heads. So I have to do that. It's going to tell me how I feel about the results. So if I don't know what the fuck to do and I flip the coin, it lands on heads and I'm like, oh shit. I wish it would have been tails. Then I know my gut decision is tails. That's my special trick. That's it, man. My special trick. Exactly. All right. Last word for you. Dork. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, I think of you. What? Because <laughs> you're like a word nerd. You know what I mean? And and so like, you know, like I think you even use that that word about yourself a few times. So I'm like, you know, I don't know why you just said that. But I'm like, you know, I even think I've seen you call yourself a nerd and stuff like that. But, totally. uh, you know, I believe in England, a a dork means that uh, a dick. It does. It's a whale penis because I've been calling uh, somebody on my team a dork this week. And every time I do, she's like, please, you're calling me a whale penis. And I'm like, you're well, then don't act like what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. And we're going to hook people up with your playlist. Uh, one thing that we all want to know before we let you go for the day is, are you running for president? Never. Never. Okay. You would never want that job. Never. Do you see how much they hate? I'm just like Trump. They would hate me equally as much, man. You're I would be not. Like, no, you're not. You know, I'm a straight up businessman and I don't yep. care if you like me or not. 
And so, and the things, and, and, and we are a lot alike. Trump was my mentor many years ago. A lot of people don't know that, but I was a Trump University graduate. That's where I learned real estate. And, and uh, I'm like, we are a lot alike in, in ways. And a lot of things people say about him aren't true, just like a lot of things people say about me. And there's no way I would want that fucking, that spotlight. Okay, but you're not like him in the sense that you have a heart. You and I, think I know he does too. I think they just they just pretend that he doesn't. You know what I mean? He's always been I, like most people don't know this, but I'm in talks with the White House to do some shit right now. And and his staff, what? I haven't spoken with them yet, but his staff has been nothing more than accommodating and great people, just like you would expect. Uh, you not like not, they're not deep. So you, yeah, but you cannot just drop that. Just bag. You cannot bag book the show. You yeah, have yeah, maybe they need to listen to another episode in the future. So like, you know, that's the hook to the end, Hillary. That's marketing 101. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so glad you were on today. Thank you for making the time. I know you say never to say thank you, but I don't really care. Thank you for making the time though. It really means so much. Thank you for being my mentor and my friend and my family and believing in me. Courage is sometimes quiet. And sometimes it alternates between stout, silent bravery and ass-kicking defiance. Sometimes it even means rewriting the system to create a new way of life and business. A new reality that you want to live. One by one, Ryan Stuman is ticking off his goals. He has set out to improve his personal and professional life. And now he is living his dreams. Despite naysayers, despite haters, despite obstacles, and what he has coined as the force of average. There is no doubt he will continue to level up and go as high as he wants to in all aspects of his existence. To get in touch with Ryan, head over to hardcorecloser.com. Did you like what you heard? Please listen, subscribe, share, and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. Reviews like yours give our show a boost and get our content into more ears all over the place. We want to thank the Good Men Project again for having our back, and we want to thank you for listening. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for joining us. Be well.